Hi, and welcome to another episode of the What's Going On in Banking podcast. I'm Ron Shevlin, Chief Research Officer at Cornerstone Advisors and Senior Contributor at Forbes, where I write the FinTech Snark Tank blog. The U.S. Department of Treasury recently came out with a report looking at cloud adoption in the financial services industry. They did a great job of explaining how uh, cloud adoption has evolved in the banking industry over the past couple of years and did a pretty good job of describing some of the challenges that banks are facing in cloud adoption. But it doesn't take too long to get into the report to uncover the, the real political angle that the Treasury report gets at, specifically getting at a swipe at the, the big three, the big tech providers, Google, Amazon, and Microsoft. Uh, the report identified some challenges specific to the three CSPs that banks are facing, including information that's being shared by the CFP, uh, the CSPs being insufficient for the banks to identify risks, specifically citing information regarding internal software dependencies uh, and operational, in uh, operational incidents like real-time updates and after-action reports. The tools also criticized, uh, the, the Treasury rather, criticized the, the CSP's tools as being user-unfriendly and potentially inadequate for security configuration and monitoring, uh, and noted also that the CSP's cloud services are still vulnerable to operational incidents, and indicated that the, the alternatives to this are, are things that are just going to add costs to the, to the banks and financial institutions. The report then really gets into the heart of the matter, which is, is cloud power in the hands of too few providers. Treasury raised concerns about big tech's market share for cloud services in the banking industry uh, and said specifically, and I quote, concentration could expose many financial services clients to physical or cyber risks and addressing such risks may necessitate action on the part of each financial services client. The uh, report also goes on to talk about the implications of the dominance of the three major players on banks' leverage, or lack thereof, in contract negotiation, and specifically identifying that smaller institutions may not have much contract leverage. So what does the Treasury intend to do about the big tech's um, market concentration in the cloud market? Well, let me read to you what they wrote, because I don't understand it. Treasury will prioritize its focus on the concentration of cloud services most important to the functions of the financial sector. If Treasury assesses that cloud services critical to the functioning of the financial sector do not have appropriate resilience and security, Treasury will take actions as appropriate and consistent with its, authority, with its authorities in consultation with appropriate government agencies. If this reads anything un, uh, anything like to you, other than we're going to try to uh, limit their power or maybe even break them up, I don't know what else it could possibly say. I look at this and really can't help but wonder that they're uh, really misfocused and misguided in, in, in their perceptions. Dealing with banking regulations is already like playing football with your hands tied behind your backs. And if Treasury were to break up or limit the, the big three's cloud service provider businesses, that would basically amount to turning the bank's helmets around backwards. I think the report kind of reflects the current consensus in Washington that the big tech firms have too much power and should be dismantled and are hiding behind the, the risk cloak uh, that the, they're actually introducing new types of risks. I find it kind of uh, ridiculous that they'd come down to this because... Uh, as 
as most bankers would tell you, uh, they simply don't have the internal resources to provide these kind of capabilities. And they're basically getting services from the big three through other providers that they contract with where they may have more contract leverage. I found that the, the comments about the lack of contract leverage was, was pretty misguided as well when you consider that the, the uh, core systems market is basically down to three big providers. Uh, and that was totally ignored by, by the report and, and it's been totally ignored by the Treasury altogether. So to take a look at what the implications of this, but really more, more about how the cloud market is evolving and what's really happening from an operational perspective. Uh, I've asked Barb McLean, the SVP and Head of Technology Operations and Implementation at uh, the Coastal Bank in the state of Washington, although I don't think Barb's actually in the state of Washington itself, uh, but she's got a lot of experience in this space, and I asked her to, to join me today to kind of get behind the scenes here and figure out what's kind of going on. Barb, thanks a lot for joining me today. Thanks, Ron. I'm really happy to be here, and it's great to see you. Great. Same here. Uh, good to talk to you actually in person. We we chat a, a lot through Twitter and LinkedIn, and I can't remember the last time I actually spoke to you live and in person, so I really appreciate you doing this. So, uh, Barb, I asked you to be on because I know you've got a real deep experience on the technology operational side of this. From your perspective, what are the real challenges that financial institutions have with the big tech providers' cloud services? I think it's probably the fundamental challenge of getting started. Um, you know, I think you rightly called out in your post this week that um, there's a lot of activity happening there. Uh, adoption is not necessarily the problem. Uh, framing what kind of adoption starts to make the conversation a little bit more interesting. Uh, I think we would all be surprised to find out that there is any uh, financial institution out there that isn't leveraging a cloud service for some of their fundamental technologies like uh, Microsoft Office through Microsoft 365, or perhaps they're of the Google Docs variety and consume it from Google there. So there's been a lot of progress on, if you want to call those cloud migrations, taking some of the day-to-day -day applications and collaborations tools and putting them in the hands of the commodity service that you want to consume. So that's great. We can definitely call that cloud adoption if we like. When it comes to financial services, though, it starts to get way more interesting when we talk about some of the actual um, core critical workloads. Um, I also found it really interesting, the same point that you uh, called out there on, um, you know, thinking about a challenge that each financial institution, especially the small ones, I think, have with the big three core vendors. Um, and it stuck into their language, I think, about uh, leverage and contract negotiations. I can understand the fascination with that topic because uh, especially smaller institutions today don't have any leverage. And that's one of the core tenants of the business model of the big three is make it as hard to exit those contracts as possible. I get what people think about that because that's the paradigm they've been trapped in for decades. Um, do you care about that anymore when uh, the cloud providers' business models are essentially consumption-based? You're moving a lot more from a CapEx to an OpEx model there. So, you know, some of that fascination with getting started might be, I don't even know how to negotiate a contract with Microsoft or Amazon. My question would be, why do you actually want to have that power and responsibility? Well, a lot of providers, though, sitting in the middle. I mean, when you look at sort of cloud adoption from a financial services institution perspective, I, you know, I have to say this does go back a few years when I first started researching cloud adoption. You'd get a lot of even CIOs who say, we're not in the cloud and we'll never be in the cloud. And yet they were in the cloud because they had a provider who was in the cloud and they didn't even know about it. 
So isn't this a, a, a little bit kind of overblown because the smaller institutions who are, and even mid-sized institutions, you don't have to go that small. You're talking below $50 billion in assets. You're talking about institutions who are very heavily reliant on vendors who are most likely handling that for them. And even if they're not doing that, you know, aren't there a lot of service providers kind of in the middle of the space? I would think of like an Amdocs in particular and, and other providers who are really doing the negotiating on the part of the, their clients. I, I would think that that's probably true. And, you know, they're then capturing that place in the value chain, right? Hey, we'll make sure that we interact with the big, scary, big three for you. You maybe don't even know where to get started. Let us help you with that. Um, you know, there is certainly a need for that to help people get past that fear of getting started. So I think it's really great that there is a very healthy ecosystem out there. I would argue that is essentially like a commodity service. Pick your favorite flavor of partner vendor that knows one of these cloud providers well. And I think that point is one I would uh, certainly recommend to listeners is think about those that actually have expertise in your cloud of choice. There certainly are a lot of vendors out there that will tell you that they're all singing and all dancing and can julienne all the fries. But you actually might want to consider those that have some expertise in the cloud that makes sense for your strategy versus someone that is a bit more of a, a multi-purpose tool there. But yes, there's there's lots of um, vendors and, and others out there that you can lean on when you don't have the internal skill set yourself. So I shouldn't ask a two-part question, but I'm going to ask a two-part question. The, the Treasury report criticized the CSPs for uh, providing insufficient information for the banks to identify risks. Uh, and then, as I mentioned before, citing specifically things like internal software dependency and real-time updates, uh, and also criticized them for still being vulnerable to operational incidents. So kind of my two-part question is, one, was it a fair accusation um, against the, the, the big three? I would think all Server, cloud service providers are kind of vulnerable to, to these things and providing, and, and are, the, are they really providing insufficient amount of information to the banks? So let's go to the second part first then. Um, there is no system that is impenetrable. It doesn't matter if you're Microsoft and can afford to spend $20 billion a year on cybersecurity and gather trillions of signals that help contribute to you know monitoring and proactively flagging you to potential problems. Um, to your point, that is well beyond the capacity of most financial institutions to even contemplate that kind of investment. Um, but the reality is that uh, it is a, a, a chicken and egg, cat and mouse game on, you know, what is the next vulnerability and who knows about it in advance and how good have you been in ensuring your systems are as best protected as you can against that. Uh, taking a layers of defense approach, which all of these big vendors will be doing. Uh, certainly a much better approach to security than I would argue most financial institutions have in their on-premise environments today. So while the report talked about, um, you know, equal or maybe exceeds from a security posture perspective, my vote would be that it exceeds every time. Um, so, you know, there's, there's no reality to say that even when you can afford to spend billions of dollars on cybersecurity, that you will never have an incident. That's an unfair expectation of any organization, even uh, an Amazon or a Microsoft. So um, if people are entering into this as a silver bullet, they're already entering into it with the wrong mindset. So that was probably a, a bit of an unfair characterization, I think, in the report. Um, and, you know, to go back to then the first part of the question, I wonder if that uh, feedback is driven by 
uh, perhaps not a lot of maturity with all of the respondents to the feedback that the Treasury was seeking um, in not even knowing where to look. So if you've had any experience working with some of these cloud providers' tools, you can very easily find their own regulatory reports that you have free access to as, as a subscriber or a user, whether it's their um, you know, ISO certification or the fact that they went through their last PCI uh, validation a year ago. Those reports are actually freely available to you. These are, of course, dependent upon where you've actually gone in your own cloud adoption. What end of that spectrum are you on? where in that model of shared responsibility, which the Treasury report, I think, did a fair job of describing on, you know, we've actually uh, done more of a lift and shift in the cloud, and we own more responsibility over that infrastructure as a financial institution versus our cloud provider. Or maybe we've actually trended more to the right in that adoption framework, and more of that responsibility is owned by the cloud provider. Regardless, I would argue there's actually a wealth of information available there to show that they're going through the exact same kind of validations like NIST that the rest of us are in the financial institutions themselves. You know, one of the things that kind of drove me a little nuts about the report and, and some of its recommendations is that they the, the report identifies in, in particular sections that the things that they say could happen or uh, alternatives could increase banks' costs. Um and of course, you know, in the U.S., when when that happens, there are a couple of senators who I won't name go go ballistic and start, uh, you know, regulating the uh, cost. Uh, but in fact, what the Treasury's recommendations were doing, and and I I can't imagine that shifting the 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 market share from the big three to I'm not even sure who they think is going to sh- they're actually going to shift that that business to, but if they were to break up. A, a Google Cloud, you know, services or AWS or Microsoft Azure's business. Um, I, I can't even begin to imagine. Can you, can you, envision a, a situation where this is actually beneficial to to the banks? I, I can't. Um, you know, I think this is where we benefit from probably just enough competition. If you pay attention at all to uh, the kinds of capabilities and features that all three of them are adding. They're certainly in a a race with themselves. And that does benefit us all because if you've been paying enough attention as well, um, you know, I think the the pricing that they all ascribe to those services continues to come down. So it's a bit of a fallacy for there to be a narrative on they're uh, far too big and have far too much clout and therefore it costs us all more. I actually don't believe that's true at all. And uh, I think it would prove out to say if you're paying attention to the kinds of capabilities they can deliver, which again are far beyond any individual financial institution or consortium to put together on their own. Um, that's a much better trade-off if you ask me. I still trust those that can gather global worldwide signals on a security frame uh, than anything that I could assemble myself. Yeah, it was pretty contradictory to say, you know, we're going to take regulatory action to help reduce costs. Um, because you're you have your, your your hands tied in contracts, but the alternatives this is actually going to be higher operational costs. So, um, you know what the treasury giveth, the, the treasury taketh away. So if we look at this from sort of the more positive aspect, are are there regulatory changes in this space that you think would actually help? Well, both reduce cloud related technology risks, but also benefit the banks. Uh, When I think about that, I actually don't think about um, regulations perhaps that are directed at the cloud service providers themselves. 
I think it's uh, changes in the regulatory landscape that help uh, reduce some of the fear and uncertainty and doubt about leveraging cloud services on the one hand, and probably on the second hand, how do we continue to uh, encourage or potentially mandate adoption of um, environmental um, uh, upgrades and improvements for fundamental infrastructure that drives day-to-day banking today? One example that certainly we're even wrestling with internally is how do we get past what are seemingly um, written in stone requirements for physical network devices to connect up to essential banking infrastructure? Um, to me, those are actually the most risky things that any technology leader has to be able to, to deal with. Because again, I would much rather rely on the strength of a cloud provider and their security frameworks than having to assemble it by myself in my own house. So that's actually where I would rather see the regulators point their eye is towards encouraging and potentially mandating if necessary, you know, carrot and stick where needed to actually help essential banking infrastructure get uh, modernized and updated. Yeah, spot on, Barb. I think the what the Treasury is missing here because they're so focused on risk is they're looking at the risk of cloud deployment and actually not recognizing that the risk of not being on the cloud may actually be greater than whatever the risks might be of being on the cloud. Uh, Barb McLean, SVP, Head of Technology Operations and Implementation at Coastal Bank, thank you very much for being on What's Going On in Banking. Folks, I also want to point out that if you are not checking out Barb's uh, curation of the fintech playlist on Saturday, you are missing uh, you're missing a lot. You're missing a great list of things that have happened in the in the past week on on uh, in fintech, uh, paired with some awesome musical choices. I'm always um, thrilled when I'm on the list and, and see what she's paired up with. Barb, thanks a lot for being on. Thanks everybody for checking out another episode of What's Going On in Banking. <laughs> <laughs>